Painted Arrow Podcast, committed to taking you beyond the pursuit. Monday, July 26, 2021. 2021. It's about 100,000 degrees outside and 90% humidity. Yeah, it is sticky. So this is the follow-up from the part one. Which was Friday the 22nd, correct? Yeah, and I think we both wanted to record something earlier than this. but sorry. I'm kind of glad. It's actually given me a lot of time to kind of like... <laughs> Yeah, because digest what we saw, what we what we wanted to see versus what we actually did see, and right because like immediately as soon as we started walking it, like we got just barely into it. Maybe maybe we got about a half hour into it before we both kind of looked at each other and we were like, in a lot of ways this is exactly what we expected, and in a lot of ways it's very different. And I don't even know what to think right now. That's what we kept saying. Like I don't even know what to make of this. Like I don't know. Yeah. There wasn't like a, it didn't make any action that we should take abundantly obvious. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just was like. Why don't you real quick just recap where we started and kind of where we're going Okay, So yeah, yeah. Uh, In part one of this, we discussed um, the property that I grew up hunting um, that's owned by my parents. Uh, It's a 22 acre parcel. It backs up to a, a river bottom, a creek bottom. Uh, the front half of it all used to be ag. The back half is, you know, mature timber that then butts up to the creek. <clears throat> and I am buying currently in the in the process of purchasing the adjacent 11, which would now give me rights to hunt 30, a 33 acre block. That 33 acre block is in the middle of a 55 acre block. So I'll have another 11 acre parcel on my east. And then my parents have one more 11 acre parcel on their west that would round out kind of that, that big block. So where we, where we were going in, in part one of this podcast was, uh, Nate and I were headed over there to, to walk it for the first time before I purchase it. Um, I have a lot of, um, uh, experience and history hunting right around that air, that property. But again, we've never walked through it. Um, we know a lot about it just from what we've seen and, and watching the deer do their thing. But, um, we were excited to go over there and, and kind of get right in the middle of it and find out what was going on. The theory going over there um, was that it was really thick bedding. Um, And then I don't know how quickly you want to get into it, but let's just get right into it. I mean, it was really thick like we thought, but more of the thicket was a lot damper and wet, wetter than I thought it would be. Um, I know it gets seasonally wet, um, but I think as a result of that, there was less bedding right in the middle of the thicket than I thought there would be. And much more transition. But a ton of trails. Like, yeah. like I'm talking about like highways that were just like thick. Yeah. Like just mud. Like there was no vegetation or anything in the trail because it clearly is getting traveled every single day by some deer. Yeah. The kind of, the kind of cover where you got to get down on your hands and knees every once in a while to get between uh, a tight pinch of, of cover, right? Like we're talking yeah. thick, thick, thick cover. But then it kind of makes sense that uh, that the trails were that beaten down because I was listening to some other stuff recently that, um, you know, deer like thick cover, but they got to be able to travel through it. And so with stuff that thick, I would, uh, it's obvious that deer are going to gravitate towards using the, the same trails as other deer because 
<clears throat> they need to be able to they need to be able to walk through it and 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 flow through it and so trails I, I, that what i think too was i guess what what shocked me a lot so you got you got the the main road on the north mm-hmm. and all the houses kind of like are on the north mm-hmm. um and then on both sides of your soon to be new house mm-hmm. was incredible deer sign in my opinion yeah right off the road lots of i mean like um one side of it right to the to the west side of your soon to be new home mm-hmm. berry patch mm-hmm. and there was transition there's a there's an open it's almost like a natural crp yeah and it touches a woodlot slash swamp that kind of is between your your folks house it's a long hedgerow exactly and they and it's kind of got some elevation to it like it, it kind of come it comes down into that little bottom right there exactly and we kicked that's the only deer we actually saw we probably kicked more out of there but i guess the only deer we actually but, yeah. saw that we kicked were in this swampy slash crp slash transition to the hardwood mm-hmm. it was it's a cool it's small it's skinny it's narrow mm-hmm. but they definitely use that as a travel corridor for sure. And I think we both talked at a point where like we agreed that it's a good place that you, I mean, it'd be an easy place to start a food plot mm-hmm. or something. And I think we both agreed like this isn't the location that you're going to consistently kill a big mature deer. Right. Great. I mean, I, I, I think we, we had mixed feelings about it, but Moving to the other side of the your soon to be new house, the east side. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking like what a half acre of knee high grass, grass and young trees, bedding everywhere, everywhere, right in the front, like right there. What, like you'd say, sixty yards from the house? Not, not even? even. Not even. Fifty. Very close. Yeah. Like, like fresh, soft, luscious deer bedding. Like, the, yeah, like they got out of those beds this morning. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's clear trails going right over the road into the bean field, and so that's where we were right. Like if if you've listened if you listen to part one of this podcast, one of my biggest hypotheses was that again our these these parcels are really long and narrow, and they and they go from 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 north to south. Mm-hmm. And during deer season, and especially during the rut, we see a lot of deer activity coming from the thicket, which I will now own, which is on the east. And then they, they go east and west through the property. They transition through the property, and they're going from that thicket, and they go to ag, and there's a like 250 acres of ag to the west. And about three years ago, four years ago, when I planted my first food plot, the reasoning intent and intent was it was going to be a staging area. I knew they were traveling west and east through the property. I knew that my property was a crossing property. I mean, I think there's other podcasts where we've li- you've heard me say this like a couple years ago. And my goal was just to give them a reason to stop and munch before they go out to eat during the night. Mm. And so one of one of the main hypotheses going into now us walking this new property the other day was it seems like this summer and it, the summer in general, the deer might be going more north and south. And, there, and I'm getting very little traffic on cameras that I normally would get a ton of traffic on mm-hmm. during deer season. Yep. And our reasoning, we thought, was because <clears throat> the corn's not necessarily producing yet, and it's all corn to the west. And right across the street from this block that we have permission on and that, that we own, yeah. right across the street is a, two really nice bean fields. And so our thought was maybe they're going more north and south right now. They're crossing the road on the north side. 
and they're just slipping back and forth between this this bedding and this cover yeah and and beans 100 percent. i would say by and large a lot of what we saw validated that but the the traffic patterns that we saw validated that but i didn't see as many beds where i thought i was going to see beds and i think honestly and we talked a little bit about this the field across the north the field on the north side of our property across the street <clears throat> the field naturally gets way has a big elevation uh feature to it and it just gets really really tall as you go farther north in the field and at the at the edge of that field it then transitions into like a ridge top that's timber and on the back side of that it has a super super steep ridge that falls down into a swamp and i feel like the deer right now instead of consistently coming back across the street and going south into that thicket i think a lot of them are probably bedding up on the top of that ridge on the back side yeah because there's no human traffic no nothing on down on the other side of that swamp and they literally have to get up over their bed walk over that ridge top and they've got all the beans they want to eat and I, I i think too i think that that something else that kind of verified that like we were just talking about there's definitely some travel corridor in that west um, berry patch mm-hmm. that we called it, the natural CRP, mm-hmm. but even a little bit more to the west in that kind of like swampy lowland, like ridge that line, hedgerow. that hedgerow. There's there's definite bedding. And, you know, we, we talk a lot, you and me, about buck bedding. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't, know for, I don't know about other people listening, but for me for like a long time, like I didn't really know what buck bedding was. Mm-hmm. And I think that your hypotheses that you just explained about them bedding on that closer to the beans on the north side yeah, of that, that yeah, drop that off. Yeah. I think that might be validating just too, because the bedding that we're seeing on the east and west of your potential new house is like, I think that's doe bedding. I think it's a lot of smaller beds, yeah. I think it's a lot of doe. Mm-hmm. There's one that I saw in there that was <laughs> like, more of our buck bedding is what we're probably going to talk about a little bit later on mm-hmm. the crick line, but like yep. lots of that bedding just near the road, like close proximity to human, like... Mm-hmm. Not real secluded, but very, like, interesting and, like, almost, like, genius. (laughs) We said it once. It was like, wow, this is a great place to not be bothered. It's, it's like, hidden in plain sight. It's it's incredibly close to people, but it's it's where nobody would go. Yeah. And, like, the deer have just identified that spot, and they're going to bed there. But, again, mature, Pope and Young, like we always talk about like what we're after. Like we're here talking about this cause we're, we love big bucks. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily the place that they're currently living. No, I don't think it is, but, but I, but you know, I've glassed a couple of really nice deer in that bean field across the street. Yeah. Uh, so the question has been, you know, has been, okay, well, where are they summering? We, we see them in the beans feeding, but where are they, where are they bedding? Where are they hanging out? Um, and this is something too, like we haven't even got into it. Like crops are rotational too. So, Yeah. Yeah, like last year on the north side of the street, that's a really good point. Like on last year on the north side of the street, that was all corn, and a lot of the stuff to the west was beans. So what I th- what I think the deer are doing this year does not mean that that's what's going to happen next year. It might be the flip flop. I think it's gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna both. I mean, you and me both with mm-hmm. our properties now. I mean, we're kind of on this journey together. We're gonna find out a lot this year about where the, like specifically where where we have crops now mm-hmm. whether it's corn or beans or hay or alfalfa it's going to change next year right and honestly i'm going to plug on x real quick have plug you seen it. have you seen this feature that on x just um brought out that's historical crop data i did i did so they 
again, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily help you as much this year, um, because crops are rotational, but I can now turn on a filter to and see, see what was corn and what yeah. was beans last year. And that's huge. Like that's really cool to me because it validated that it was exactly the opposite last year. Corn, because it's it's hard, it's hard to remember sometimes, especially if you get into a couple seasons past. And I don't know because this is the first season they've done it. I don't know if they'll keep you know twenty twenty, and then next year they'll have twenty twenty and twenty twenty one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But it it'll be cool to be able to go back and turn on those filters and see. Because I I keep a note thing in my phone of you know different encounters and experiences that I have with deer during during the um mm-hmm. during during the season. Yep. And to be able to lay that over those uh those filters and kind of figure some of that stuff out. That's going to be, it's going to be cool. So let's talk about, uh, we made like a really good camera setup location on mm-hmm. that main trail. Mm-hmm. Just talk through that real quick. So <clears throat> like we said, we didn't see quite as many beds in the thicket as we thought, but we saw incredible intersections and a lot of just very distinct travel patterns. And there was a couple unique spots where multiple trails just intersected and converged. Yep. Um, and there was this really, really unique spot where it was in the middle of the thicket. And then all of a sudden it was like, it, it kind of reminded me of like a prairie almost like it was on a much smaller scale than that, but you're in the middle of this thicket. And then all of a sudden there's just like this luscious grass, there's no trees overhead. And there's just like, it's, it's like a little dude. It definitely did have that like aura. Like we were in there walking and like, you and I kind of like met paths and it was just like, all of a sudden it was like, we were in this little, I mean, it was very small. Super small. It was a very small, like luscious patch of grass in the With middle no of the trees thicket. overhead. It's getting really good sun, and it just felt like a little secluded. Like it felt very holy. It did, yeah. didn't it? Like yeah, and it had three different, like distinct trails that pinched. You down and into I both it. looked at each other. We're like, something's happened. Like something's going on right here. This is, we this don't know what <laughs> it is. Like this is, a, and and just a little past that. Yeah, farther to the north was where we were talking about. Yeah, clearing some stuff out and trying to put that stand in. But yeah, so we had like this little meadow prairie thing and it, and I'm talking about really little, but it just felt very interesting. Yeah. And, and all of the trails coming into it, we were like, we got to This is a social site of some sort. Yep. There's going to be a lot of traffic coming through here. Let's, let's put in a mock scrape and a licking branch and set up a camera. It was, and a, see what it happens. was a perfect location. Yeah. And, and like, again, we're, we're still trying to figure out like the, why are we not getting big bucks on camera? Mm-hmm. T- you know, right now. Yeah. And what is it? July, late July. Yeah. Yeah. Not real worried. No, I'm not worried at all. No. Onyx is the number one GPS hunting app on the market. If you don't have Onyx, I would highly consider trying a free trial where you can get access to all 50 states and all of the mapping features and tools. Onyx allows you to send waypoints to your buddies, see public and private boundary lines, and see where you stand in live time, and also has a new weather feature that allows you to track weather and wind so you can stay on top of your game, literally. It's a no-brainer. If you go on your computer, not your mobile device, to onxmaps.com and use the promo code PaintedArrow, you will receive 20% off your elite or premium subscription. Know where you stand with Onyx. There's nothing I like doing more than hunting elk in the western states. One of the main challenges of hunting big game species in western states is actually getting a tag. Furthermore, it's actually understanding each state's drawing systems, which can seem like a chore to figure out for beginners. Go Hunt is a company that has figured out how to simplify this obstacle for basic folk like you and me. Go Hunt offers a subscription service called the Insider, which gives you access to the most accurate draw odds, species breakdowns, and strategy articles out there. 
Before I started using GoHunt, I would spend hours filing through Kill Harvest reports and data sheets looking for a good unit to hunt in. And using the Insider has streamlined this process, making it easier and more efficient than ever before. This has allowed me to find a place to go hunt, hence the name. Visit GoHunt.com to find out more and to start a free trial with the Insider subscription service. Shupex Sporting Goods in Jackson, Michigan has been in the business of selling outdoor equipment for over 30 years. They have over 1,000 new and used guns and over 500 new bows for you to choose from. This family-owned and operated company goes above and beyond to make sure that you are taken care of when it comes to buying gear. Use the promo code PAINTEDARROW5 at the checkout and receive 5% off your entire purchase. Yes, that does include guns and bows, folks. Go down to Shupex today. So we, we set up a couple different cameras. Um, <clears throat> again, like a lot of my camera locations throughout the summer were, you know, in, uh, I mean, in ignorance, I guess. A lot of my, a lot of my camera locations were set up based on where I finished out the season last year, getting good pictures and seeing good traffic. And it just hasn't been producing throughout the summer. So I've kind of been learning, you know, learning and trying to understand that uh, bucks clearly summer in different spots than they um, than they rut and where they live during the fall. So <clears throat> just been kind of moving cameras around and based on the sign after you and I walked that property, we moved all three cameras. Yeah. Not, okay. We moved three cameras. Yeah. Um, and then th- this, this was a two day scouting. Yeah, know, yeah, too. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if we mentioned that. Um, this, the, the following day, the first day was mainly scouting, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, scouting and some, and then we kind of fixed up the tractor a little bit, but then yep. that following day was the action day. Mm-hmm. Followed up, it was a perfect storm, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to talk about that second day? Is there anything you want to talk about that first day? So um, let's let's go into the second day because again, like day two was a lot of action based on what we thought we found out from day one. But a really big tell for me was the tail end of day two, right before you were peeling out of there. I don't know if you know exactly what I'm talking about, but going back and really combing through the creek line at the far south boundary of the property. Way back. Like, wow. Yeah. Like it's special back we there. We saw a couple we did still didn't see a ton of beds necessarily. We we saw some beds, let's be clear. We saw beds like right on the creek. We saw fewer but very distinct located Yeah. Which is where that started making us feel like, oh, this one might be a buck bed. And Much a, bigger too, and a lot of the sign we were seeing just heavy, heavy buck traffic. Yep. And I've just been listening to some content recently too that that's suggesting that you know deer love to travel crick lines and river bottoms because of the security. And if if you if you look at a buck's home range and say his home range is a two or three acre block, if he has a river bottom or a crick or something that spans that full home range most of the time, if he's going to make a drastic shift from one side of that block to the other, he's going to use the, that river bottom or that crick line. You, well, as you said two or quarter. three acre block. Sorry. Um, mile. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I knew you meant that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so if so say a buck's making his living and he's living in somewhere in, in, in two, within a two to three mile block. If there's a water feature, a creek, a river bottom, or something that spans through a that natural, whole block, like corridor, they will use that 
almost exclusively to make those big changes from one side of that that area to the other they'll use that as their main travel corridor because it just it provides that security and that safety and i mean if you imagine traveling along a creek and you're a really mature animal in a lot of ways it immediately allows you to only worry about you know danger from one side like in their head they're sort of thinking like the, their creek side is relatively safe that's a boundary well, like, it's a I wall mean, so i feel like sometimes we overthink <clears throat> things too and like think about it man what what is the deer's especially in the state of michigan you get other places like montana whatever you could say that there's more predation but like mm-hmm. in michigan it's it's humans it's humans and are and killing deer yeah deer are very aware like think about it like if you were a deer like mm-hmm. you're going to travel the utmost like secluded mm-hmm. most most obvious way to stay alive mm-hmm. like that's that's I hate to say that, but like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. These things are trying to stay alive. Mm-hmm. It makes so much sense when we were back there. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like this is like there's this is where this is where a deer is going to be traveling. Nobody else wants to hang out back there. Mature bucks who survive year after year in heavy hunting pressure. Like how difficult was that? Was it for us or other people to get back there? Oh, dude, it was not easy. Right. We, we had we had to hip weight. Last year we had to put cement in the creek to be able to cross. Yeah. It. I mean, I mean, we we've had to get creative with our access to that part of the property. But wow, that sign suggests like, oh, that, that's why they're living back here and why they're using this, this, yeah. uh, this is their travel. We found two of those beds, two specific beds. I thought one was like out on a kind of a peninsula yep. where it's like, like it had to go out, like you'd have to go out of your way. It was off the main path, mm-hmm. but I was walking out there cause I had my hip waders on and it just made sense. Mm-hmm. It made so much sense that the, a, a deer would bed with a north wind coming into him, there's nothing gonna nothing, nothing behind him. No, because the crick's there. The crick is right there. Yeah, it's not like an alligator is gonna cl- crawl up out of there and grab him. Like he, he doesn't have to worry about predation on his on his. Uh, I guess that'd be downwind side. Yep. The wind's in his face. He can bet on that peninsula. Like he's and it had some. Smart. It had some good terrain too. Not heavy terrain. No, no, no. no. But like it definitely had some rolls to it. Like yeah, where we're yeah. going up and down and up and down. Where mm-hmm. you, I mean, I think you you get a lot of clarity in terms of. Hey, this could be an awesome get a stand in here, hunt it only during the rut. Right. Perfect winds. Yeah. Oh. Dude, and that crick is gonna allow you to get in there on those winds. Like it's gonna be a for sure bet. Like, mm-hmm. yes, they cross the river in the crick, but mm-hmm. you got a great bet of where you can be. Yeah, let my wind blow into the crick. I mean, how 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 many times is the deer gonna come right across the crick? It's such a cool wind, spot. Right. It's such a cool spot so, right there. Yeah, that was killer. And we and we saw some really, really nice mature buck tracks. Well, one patch of or one you know one spot where we saw a bunch of tracks we we think they weren't there when we walked by the first time we think we might have slow bumped him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we saw some really big tracks on our way out that were relatively positive weren't there when we yeah. when we made it through there at the beginning so yeah they they could be summering back in there and if you were if you guys follow the the painted arrow instagram devin did a little you know explanation on buck tracks versus doe tracks mm-hmm. that was awesome yeah that was really awesome. Yeah. It's just like little things like that that you can look for when you're out scouting that'll. Yeah. Just, and it, and just, li- just little slight differences that'll tell you a lot. Yeah. You know? Yep. Especially when you're trying to like judge the age of a deer. Like we're both trying to work towards kill- consistently killing mature deer. Yep. You know, that's difficult. It's a difficult task in any state. And believe me, I'm not making excuses, but a lot of people are saying like, you know, Killing mature deer is tough enough. Doing it in Michigan is really tough. I li- we like the challenge. We're, we're going to take every advantage. I used to be we- the other way, though. Remember yeah. me bitching about that? 
I should be like, I'm, I'm leaving this damn state. <laughs> like, there ain't no big deer here. Yeah. And all yeah, of a sudden, now it's you. like, <laughs> it's like, it's almost like the opposite, uh, you yeah. know? But you, in a lot of ways, you fall in love with the process. Like, you, you, you've, you've acquired your, you know, your dream property, which helps. Yeah. But you're making the changes, falling in love with the process. Like we were talking about it on the way over here. The anticipation, at least for the two of us, for this season skyrocket has has never been higher for any other season and, and i think it's because like july we, we're getting more committed again to the process every day and so like it just it starts building some hype but i think one of the main points through all that though too is like it still comes down to execution so we can build all the hype in the world and all the anticipation but you got to shoot your bow and you got to sh- you got to execution you got to make a make a kill shot when it counts what's ranella say you can uh there's time to get excited later be a good predator that's, yeah, I think that's one of our favorite yeah. quotes of him. Yep. Because it's so true. Mm-hmm. There's certain things that people say it's just like, yes. Yeah. That's, yep. that's that's definitely one of them. One thing else I want to talk about is your new tractor real quick. Like, holy cow, that's sweet. That's a tool. <laughs> it's a tool. There's a couple things we did this weekend that, man, it would have been a lot tougher without that tractor. The uh, We get into... This is a stand you hung last year. I don't know how the hell you did it by yourself, but I wouldn't do it again. It was I, I did a hanging hunt. Like I literally, <laughs> so I don't remember if you were, you remember, but it was it was leading right up to my rutcation that I had booked, mm. and I checked a camera on my lunch hour, and I was like, Nate, like the past four days I've had different bucks showing up within fifteen minutes of daylight on this mock scrape, and I don't have a stand on it. Yeah, and literally checked that camera, drove to Dunham's on my lunch hour, bought a stand, bought the climbing sticks, assembled all of it in the parking lot, threw it in the back of my truck, got out of work. And then this was like on a Friday going into a week I had off. Mm. So flew, flew out to the property. And then I, I literally lugged everything out there on my back and did a hanging hunt and hunted it that night. It was incredible. Yep. It was, but yeah, I wouldn't do it again. Yeah. So we, we made a slight adjustment to it Mm -hmm. and there was a widow maker. Oh yeah, that your tractor came in so clutch. Like yeah, it was, I mean, it was such a widowmaker. Like I was, I was very concerned just driving around, yeah, just it. driving around it and being near it. Like, and again, like that's that's it. Like I said, how many things we did we do this weekend that would have been tougher without a tractor? Imagine having to get that down without the tractor. Yeah, like, oh, I don't, yeah, I don't. Fantastic. Like, what do you like? You get a long strap and a come along, or I don't, I don't know what you do. And then oh, you just fantastic. get the hell out of the way. Yeah. Like we hooked this thing up with a chain and a strap. We both got way the hell out of the way and. Put the back, you know, put just it in let the tractor pull it out, and we put it in far, reverse. Pull, we were falling it far enough away with it; it wasn't even close to a concern. But again, how you do that without a tractor? And we got to lug it away after that. Yeah, we drug it right out of there instead great. of leaving the dead full in the, in the woods. So, and uh, so yeah, we got we got that stand hung, trimmed some awesome lanes for you. <sighs> yeah, that one lane out of the double coming into the food plot's gonna be. So th- that that there's 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 a lot of recap, but. Devin's Bucky shot last year. If you guys listened to that one, that was like the full detail. But mm-hmm. shooting from this double through the thick foliage that goes just before the food plot, so he's mm-hmm. shooting through it. He There's had a four fifty, but yeah. this year um, potentially, I mean, that's a it's a it's a forty five fifty yard shot, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, to where he was standing when I shot him, it was probably sixty to six, seventy somewhere. But where where that lane we just cut was. I could, you know, if the deer was really chilling, I could make a bow shot from that double now. 
and it would you're probably right probably be 40 45 50 yard shot something like that super cool yeah very Re- really very cool. narrow it's 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 a sight lane as much as it's a shooting lane too it's a it's a really good way to get an idea of what's going on in the food plot without really giving the deer the ability to give away my position mm-hmm. yeah so we we clean those we clean those up is there anything else that we did that's worth mentioning like we trimmed those we trimmed a couple spots in that back stand but i mean this was as much as we thought it was gonna be a work weekend and it was like we got a lot done um scouting was important for me Mm -hmm. and again like on the heels of that the amount of the amount of reading that i've done just about you know summer buck patterns and all that stuff um jeff sturgis just he was talking a lot about how um you don't you don't want to feed the deer all summer like guys that are getting a ton of buck pictures because they're feeding the deer all summer are kind of in a lot of ways shooting themselves in the foot yeah because chances are those deer are not going to be living on you when it counts when you can actually hunt them yeah so he's you know he he was talking i think about his minnesota farm and how whoever he bought it from had planted a lot of beans and a lot of summer crops that the deer would use and he's like when i was going to purchase the property a lot of the pictures that they're showing me a deer almost all of them are in velvet and he's like well that's a minor concern like let me see some some hard horned deer here and he's like it it was just because they were they had set up this property to feed them all summer and he's like so i immediately got rid of all the beans and all that stuff i let my neighbors and all the surrounding ag feed the deer during the summer and if i'm not getting pictures of them all summer necessarily that's fine, but as they transition out of their summer patterns, and they come to live on my property because I'm going to feed them during the during the fall, and they're going to have that bedding, and they're going to have that sanctuary. He's like, you just talks a lot about providing providing something that the surrounding area isn't. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, a lot of the buck pictures that I was getting last year were coming up closer to the season. Like, I think I started getting a couple good bucks on camera like really end of august and into september it seemed like they were kind of transitioning down into our thicket and kind of the river bottom and maybe not living there but certainly spending more time there than they do all summer and so you know i'm just gonna let the camera sit for a while and got to get one back on that crick line though because with that the amount of sign we saw back there i'm just gonna get one back there and kind of forget about it until we get closer to the season yeah there's a few spots i think you could put it but they like, I I I have vivid. I actually haven't seen your big buck from this year yet, right? Yeah. So I haven't seen it yet. But the one picture I did see um, that actually stuck in my mind more than any other photo was the photo of his hooves. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Like I don't know how to tell you this any other way. Like <laughs> he's been running the road. He's been running five Ks like on the street. Like yeah, just tore up. Like if you had a fresh thing of mud and you put his foot pad in there you could tell it was him it was like a, yeah it was all beat up there was certain parts of the pad that were just like ripped off the the tip of his hooves were just chipped and gone like he looked like it was a consistent part of his day to be crossing the pavement oh like more than that though mm-hmm. like way more than that and that's that's why that's why i'm like my mind it's like i keep saying it and i don't know how true or untrue it is but like that your your property is in a, in a big way you can look at it a micro and you can look at it a macro and then the macro to me is like you have an awesome cruising property on mm-hmm. that crick line mm-hmm. 
and just seeing that guy's hooves last year, like how many deer are coming like that? If you think about it, that's the closest ag field. They have to go through your property. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that blows my mind of how many deer you, you will never see on camera. Yeah. And that, Ever. And that's the Not sole the reason why we've approached approached it with staging plots. Because we know, like, in a lot of cases, you know, some, some does and fawns are calling our property home right now. Like, I'm getting pictures of them every single day. Yeah. But they, that, that's yeah. fine. I mean, that's that's for obvious reasons. They're going to keep their, their home range really, really tight when they're trying to get their do- their uh, their fawns grown up. Right. But, like you just said, you know, there's a lot of deer that are going to, at some point, go through my property that don't live there. Mm-hmm. And that's why we've approached it with a thought of staging plots. Like, we know there's just a ton of traffic coming through it. Let's give them a reason to stay just a little while. Just a and try little to, while. <laughs> try to get them killed. <laughs> just, you, you don't have to live there. Yeah. I don't care if you live there. Just yeah. hang out long enough to let me get narrow in you. <laughs> it, it, is, it, is, it is super valuable, too, because you'll hear a lot of things like bedding is king, right? Mm-hmm. We're, we're not dealing with hundreds of acres here. Yep. Sometimes you just don't have bedding. I mean... You definitely have bedding. I'm not saying you don't, yeah, but like, yeah. like you said, you don't, you don't need to have it just just long enough for me to get a shot. And I mm-hmm. think that's super key, man. I mean, it, mm-hmm. I'm I'm so excited for this year for you I go just, out there. I just think, I think in general, people probably spend a ton of time trying to change their property into something that it really can't be. And like we were just talking about before this, like, let your efforts be focused around what is happening around your property. Mm. Like more, like I, I could, I could foolishly plant corn and beans on my property and try like hell to, to change it into bedding or to change it into this, that, or the other thing. But the whole planning a food plot four years ago was focused around like understanding what my property is and then catering to it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is a crossing property. Unless I bought up all the property around me, that's not going to change. It is a it is a crossing property. There's ag on the west, and a lot of bedding to the east. And my property is what it is. How can I use that to the best of my ability to give to give me an increased chance of killing a buck? Well, I can I can feed them long. I can I can stage them up before they're going out to the ag. Mm-hmm. That'll get them that'll get them to hang around a little longer. I can increase bedding a little bit. Try to make it thicker. Make them feel a little safer there. I can you know spend less time out there during the rest of the year to make them feel safer. Like it's just been rooted a lot in, okay, here's what it is. And I'm going to react accordingly versus mm-hmm. wanting it to be something it, it's not. Yeah. I I just want to say, I guess is my kind of like closing parting thoughts, parting thought here. Like <laughs> I just feel like so blessed, dude. Me too. I mean, me too, man. We're, we're sitting here talking about something that we love and it just, I hope it radiates to others. Like I, like I we're just, smiling uncontrollably uh, because we just love it. Yeah. Like, and it's it's weird when it's like eight forty five on a Tuesday, and I call Nate because I'm sitting at work and there's bucks bedded across the road. Like, I, it's it's odd, but you know he answers the phone and and we we geek out about it. It's it's just different, and you know we're fortunate that we we have each other and we share the same passion. But um, again, like it's yeah, I hope it's infectious because. Our, we're, we're we're just genuinely into it. Yeah, and I think that this is why this is kind of this is special for us. We're kind of revamping and like going into like a a more serious Reboot. approach. Yeah, like we're really kind of like getting in, down to the nitty gritty, like what we what we love and care about. I mean, and 
it just, I mean, things are just lining up in such a way for us that where like, mm-hmm. I just, I, I can't help but to bring it up, but like how blessed we really are. Like mm-hmm. this is a, like we live in a free place where we can do the things we love and like God has blessed your family. God has blessed my family. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we're just so, we're just very, very blessed. Yep. And it's just so cool to talk about, man. I mean, it is. And, and like <sighs> our experience, like we're, we're, we're bringing people along on our journey and I just, I, I hope people enjoy it. I do. Yeah. And I hope, and I hope that's how it comes across because by no means do we know it all and we know that. And I think that's the coolest part about this is we want to document that. We want to like show you, here's a list of the things we think we don't know. We're going to figure them out. Yeah. We're going to let you watch what we do it. Yeah. And we're going to hope that it results in big bucks. Yeah. And then maybe we all get to learn something about it. Yeah. Um, that That's, that's the coolest thing is, you know, we, like you said, so blessed. I mean, you stay humble and focused and the Lord makes a way for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I think we're in a good spot. And again, like you said, the anticipation is just so high going into this season because we just, we're caring, we're you caring and, I, and we're invested. You and I both like come from a sports background too. Yeah. 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 We've talked about this. It's like, this is, it's what we do. This is like a, this is a whole new sport. Mm-hmm. Like we're really diving deep. Like I, I view this as seriously. Like I, we both played collegiate sports. Yep. We 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 are serious athletes, and we're kind of almost transitioning in like our our old age, I guess you yeah. could call it, <laughs> yeah. to like twenty six. Okay. We're no longer <laughs> playing, you know, playing competitive sports on a high level, but we're we're taking this so seriously. I love it. Yeah. I freaking love it. Well, and pretty much er- anything we've ever done. I mean, because we, we you know we went to high school together, we hung out when we were kids and and whatever. Like in a lot of ways when you're that committed to something, it becomes your identity. And so like you grow up and you don't have sports anymore. Like this is my identity. It's something I can be about. It's something I can identify with people, yeah. people, you know, like, you know, in the talk about like, Oh, what's the Nate starter pack? Like when people think about Nate, he's an outdoorsman, yeah. he's an avid fisherman, he's an avid hunter. He, mm. you know, it, it just becomes your identity in a lot of ways. Yeah something it's it's very relatable topic. and we hope it's infectious because we want to bring more pe- this is fun like we want to bring more people to to enjoy this yeah man there's so much coming like there's so, i i'm yeah, I have buckle up podcasts in my mind yeah. right now that we're going to be able to talk about and uh man there's there's a lot with my property that i it's just a question mark and I, we're going to discuss that i think going forward on that's a whole different ball game but this year as much as i think you're going to have some killer opportunities to to harvest a deer like you've never harvest harvested <clears throat> this year is going to be cool because it's going to be a, like every time you go into the field it's going to be a learning opportunity mm-hmm. like you, yeah that's exactly right like you you are going to get to watch something new about what the deer do what there's they so don't many do. question marks man you oh my god every time you go sit in the stand whether you see a big buck or not it's going to be a learning opportunity mm-hmm. you're going to start understanding how the property works and that's just cool yeah dude i'm 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 beyond geeks. Yeah. Like every time I go outside to work, like work in the barn, I'm like, I have to tell myself like, Nate, don't go drive the four wheeler or I'm sorry, the tractor back there. Yeah. yeah, And yeah. like, you know, I just want to be out there and like, mm-hmm. like look in it glass. And yep. I'm like, it ain't, it ain't time yet. Nate. Yep. But man, hold it back. All right. Um, anything else? No, I mean, just, <clears throat> just super, like you said, super blessed, super excited. We're, we're ready for a bit of a reboot here with, with regard to painted arrow. We're excited to, to share, you know, our journey with you guys. Like that, like I said, it's, we're focused on learning as much as we can to try to give our, ourselves a chance of killing bigger deer. Um, 
but we think it's it's a unique perspective and opportunity for us to document that be super vulnerable like there, there's a lot of things we we're telling you that we don't know mm-hmm. and we're letting you watch while we figure them out in the hopes that you get to learn something while we learn it and yeah that's i mean it just it comes from a really uh honest place and we, we hope it's conveyed that way one one thousand percent agree all right guys we appreciate the time and uh until next time we we, we gotta have like a some type of a, some sort of sign off we'll have to think about we'll have it. to think about that coming coming to you soon we'll have a good <laughs> sign off <laughs> all right see you later see ya.